like to have a shout out to some of the people. I mean, I think we started this conversation where I was talking about just improvising around, um, you know, how we met way back on Facebook and yeah. uh, that sort of milieu of sort of, I don't know, just artist community, just having a, using this new brand new, it wasn't brand new, but it was this new way of communicating with each other, you know, blogs and, and all of that sort of stuff and having interviews with each other and really starting this idea that uh, you didn't need to have a gallery necessarily. You could support each other. So I would love to just have a shout out to, you know, people like Julie Torres and um, all those people that I met through her uh, was able to go across to New York in 2012 and, you know, be part of that wonderful group show. Just lots of amazing support that I felt and really gave me, confidence and um yeah i felt like i could be part of something i suppose yeah. a yeah. bigger a bigger thing than that that bigger thing than me obviously and that that um it wasn't just about me being in the studio i think i i, I feel really lucky and really blessed that i was part of some of those things so yeah julie and i know Ju julie's going strong up in hudson valley yes. at the moment and she's doing wonderful things and um, yeah, just a lot of the amazing artists I met, Lucy Mink and Amy Lincoln I stayed with, uh, just wonderful people. Um, I'm sure I've missed someone, but, yeah, I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it and um, I'd like to, you know, maybe find something like that again, maybe a bit closer to home. It's difficult to travel, but, yeah, I just, I feel the artist community is still going strong. Yeah. Check, check. David T. Miller, folks. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's hotcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Hey and welcome to Artcast. This episode invites Sydney, Australia-based artist Inga Dalrymple back to the podcast. Let's get started. Words of the day. Edges. Sensory. Rhythm. Intuitive and breath. It has been nearly 10 years to the day since Inga last joined me to talk about her paintings. She had a lot to share about where her paintings have been and, in my humble opinion, returning in force. And as always, I encourage listeners to visit the artist's websites while listening and look along. Or visit artcast.com for images of guest work and some links too. And one more tidbit. Submitting two questions to the conversation was previous Artcast guest, Cologne-based painter Sabine Tress. So be sure to listen for those. And of course, welcome Inga Dalrymple back to the program. When was the last time we spoke? Oh my goodness, it's all, it's all, literally like almost to the day, like 10 years. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, because... I can't believe it. The last, uh, the interview, I it was posted on January 29th, uh, 2013, so... No. So we're so close. I didn't even realize that at 
at first, you know, like when. And it's the fourteenth. Wow! Well, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it's a bit of an anniversary, Phil. <laughs> yes, the anniversary special with Inga Dalrymple. <laughs> back at it. So the, it, well, thank I'm, you for having me back. I, I I was really chuffed when you said, "Do you want to do it?" And I, oh yeah. I thought me why would you want to talk to me i because i have been sort of i've disappeared a lot you know i've had a lot of uh hiatus moments of hiatus and so i sort of feel that that whole world um you know i feel like it was like the golden age you know back in the 2000s mid 2000s when the internet really yeah. helped us with you know our blogs and all those things that we were doing and we yeah, I think yeah. we originally then con- connected on Facebook yeah it felt like such a exciting time and um yeah I felt like we were I mean I'm sure we weren't but I sort of feel like we were kind of like the not you and me personally but the, the that community we were in yeah. we were kind of like pioneering it you know yeah there was a crew for sure yeah and, and uh, I don't know. You guys know all what... kept going. <laughs> What's that? You guys kept all kept going, and I sort of dropped off <laughs> for a while. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean that that's you know that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is because uh, I feel like I'm in that place now, but I think for different reasons. But it'd be interesting if you could mention what what the break was like and like uh, yeah, you know maybe why why it happened or whatever you know. It was, um, yeah. Because I know it can happen, um, you know. Well, you know, to kind of very uh, cliched phrase, I'm sure, but life ha- happens and sort of gets in the way. And I guess as you get older, you start, you know, prioritizing and, uh, you know, family and all sorts of things sort of, you know, oh, I don't want to say get in the way because they're very important. Yeah. I guess for me it was more it's it sort of became a necessity that I sort of pull back and kind of focus more on my, you know, my other career, which is teaching. And, um, you know, I guess as you, you get older, you start taking on more responsibilities and you just have to keep going with that. Yeah. And it's, of course, earning the money, whereas yeah. art doesn't necessarily earn you any, um, any kind of constant, you know, financial right. flow so yeah I guess that sort of stuff got in the way and um I was also kind of you know our my my father moved in with us uh he had Parkinson's disease and um we my partner and I looked after him and um I guess a lot of that took me away or out of the the, the process of making art and um I just didn't have space for it I guess Literally, I didn't have space, and cementally, I guess I didn't yeah, have yeah. a lot of space. But um, friends of mine who are artists would always ask me, you know, when are you going to start painting again? And I would often say I'm painting, but I'm just painting in my head, if that makes sense at all. I don't think it does because you can't paint in your head. Um, but I would always be thinking about painting, so yeah. Or, or drawing or, or whatever. So the urban, in, walking through the urban environment or the natural environment, it's always this sort of stuff that you kind of carry around with you and um, thinking about how you would make a mark to represent or use a colour or whatever to, to represent what it is that you've just seen or observed or, yeah, or a feeling that you have about something. So, yeah, that was always with me. So yeah yeah it was interesting interesting time away i think that it's possible to compose still in your head you know uh of yeah, course you when you think? yeah i mean it definitely it's like you're you're the conductor and i see these like yeah. picture planes moving around you know uh of color and mark and what have you and yeah um, of course when you returned it um, i imagine it was completely different like as far as like the compositions and everything i imagine um you know, if ever you have a preconceived idea, not you, but just in general, yeah. uh, when you actually start a painting, it's going to change because the circumstances are completely different. Absolutely. Because it's live, you know. And Yeah, things change and you change as a person. And um, 
the concerns you have or that sort of visual feast starts to change slightly mm. uh, because of the way you, you approach it, I guess. Um, but, but I think that um, uh, when I went back into the studio, I sort of kind of repurposed my, 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 um, my beautiful father's cabin when he passed away and a uh, little, little sort of cottage out the back of our house and um, I just had more space to move around in and um, I guess that sort of hmm, allowed me to change my work or it just allowed me to jump off where I, where I left off, you know. Yeah. I was able to just get in there and do the usual thing that I do, which is like spread the paper out around me, um, yeah. you know, my sketchbooks dotted all around on the floor, setting up a little easel. Um, lots of little things that sort of say stayed the same because that's just naturally how I work. And then, um, yeah, just sort of jumped off from there. But I'm very lucky. I feel so blessed to finally have a space to work in that's, you know, reasonably well lit and um, quite a nice biggish space. It's not massive by any stretch of the imagination, but it's um, – good it's got a nice size wall for me to sort of pin things up on and and yeah. things like that so yeah I'm not sure you know one of your questions was how has your work kind of changed over the 10 years yeah yeah I have um, to jump in for a second I just want to say that uh uh related to that question um, yeah that uh something I've been doing recently in the the interviews is inviting a previous guest to submit questions for the current guest is, oh wow so that question That's... yeah so i mean it's been fun and so that i just wanted to let you know who, where that question came from and that was from previous guest sabine tress so uh oh god sabine. yeah the lovely <laughs> sabine <laughs> yeah yeah oh so she asked the question about um what was the question she asked about oh, the... how's your work changed yeah in 10 years yeah yeah because oh, that was clever. yeah Ah, okay. Um, well, I, I'm not sure if it has. Well, I, yes, of course it's changed. It can't not change. I think the answer to that is that I've become uh, maybe I have I have started to work on bigger surfaces, which is great, um, and sort of more uh, open. The, the work has become uh, probably a little bit more open and sort of more white space, you know, a, um, try to have more of a sensitive touch with the, the brush marks and the paint. Yeah. Maybe the paint isn't as thick. Um, yeah, I think by expanding out a bit and having more room to move around and maybe some bigger surfaces, I've been able to um, leave, uh, be less uh, concerned with covering the entire canvas and leaving a lot of more sort of shimmering marks that kind of allow the light to come through. And I think those are things that have changed a bit. Um, yeah, but in terms of the materials that I use, none, none of that has changed. I still can't use oil paint, for example. Uh, I did try for a while there, but I just I can't use it because of the, the solvents and everything. Okay. And, um, yeah, maybe a lot more line work as well. Mm, a lot more sort of mark making within my paintings, yeah, and my drawings. Yeah, it's interesting you said touch because that's that's uh, a word that came to me just today after looking at your work. I feel like I want to ask like what kind of tools you use like beyond the brush, but it's almost part of me wants to leave that as a mystery because it's <laughs> you know it's kind of nice sometimes just to, to speculate. Like, was that a brush or was it? uh yeah. applied with a finger or was it you know oh yeah 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 i have i've actually started using my fingers a lot oh yeah <laughs> yeah i just get in there and smush the paint and yeah. uh, i don't know why just sort of started happening um i've also started using yes definitely brushes but more palette knife and more palette knives and also those brush i you know i know you when you paint larger you're supposed to go larger with your brushes yeah. But I, I haven't. I I use a smaller brush. I just load it up and I just use it to mark. But I'm pretty sure 
uh, that's going to go down a route where I might need to sort of change it up a bit because you can get too finicky with when your brush is smaller. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's really, I don't know whether it's about the, the, the actual tools that you use. It's more about how, obviously, how you use them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use a lot of brushes, Phil, or do you use... Um, now, do you use a lot of different tools yourself or? Occasionally I'll squeeze the paint out of the tube. Uh-huh, yeah. Directly onto the surface, but that's kind of sparingly. Yeah. It just seems to, just to make a different kind of mark, I guess. But mostly I do yeah. use brushes and uh, I have a couple of favorites, like the Filbert brush, which um, is a yeah, nice. Yeah, so Filbert sort of... is my favorite fill. Oh, cool. <laughs> I know. I know. It's probably why I like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not related to my name, I swear. <laughs> Spelled differently. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, the filbert's my favourite. I think I find you can really load. I, do, I like it better than a round. I don't know, for some reason, a round just makes marks that I'm not interested in at the moment. Yeah. yeah I'm also yeah. really interested in a flat. I really love the flat brush, the, yeah. the ones that can make those really square marks and then that can sort of trail off into the sort of, wispiness i love those yeah and there's also another type of brush that's got like i don't know what you call it so sort of a an angled brush i guess it's called an angled brush yeah yeah the bristles are like cut. Really lovely yeah yeah like sort of like you've got a pair of scissors and i don't know what they're called god i suppose yeah, yeah, you're supposed I know. to know what they're called but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think yeah and um, squeezing paint on the, you mentioned that, I've done a bit of that too. So I guess in a way, you know, to go back to the question around how my work has changed over the last 10 years, I think I'm, you know, it, uh, because the work has just become a little bit bigger and I'm sort of, you know, working a lot on paper as well, um, on bigger surfaces, whether it be paper or board, which I, I don't use canvas at the moment, I'm more willing to explore the different ways of putting paint onto a canvas. And that fundamentally is my ultimate um, concern, I guess. It's yeah. the materiality of the paint and what is done with it that is interests me, I guess, the most. So, And that's not changed. That part yeah. of my practice has not changed at all. That's always been my... Yeah. I was wondering, do you, you seem to, while you were talking about paper and board and and the dry brush is just wonderful that I feel like I see a lot in your work showing up. Oh yeah. Dry. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I just sort of, and now do you prime the surfaces yourself only? Cause I'm wondering if you would uh, say, leave it rough, like say the gesso or if you sand it or just as far as technique goes, like it just seems like there's a lot of variety. So I was curious. There is, yeah. I experiment a lot with different ways of doing it, and I think I've, I feel like I've hit on something that's pleasing me at the moment, and that is, I work on a ply board, and um, what I'll do is I, I do prime it. I seal it first. Yeah. Um, obviously, because you don't want any of the maybe chemicals or whatever coming out later in the paint, and then I'll prime it with a gesso, and then I'll sand it um, to have it. I really love that smooth surface because yeah. I do find, and I don't know if other artists have this experience, but I do find that my paintings on paper, which is usually a hot press, you know, ashes or Stonehenge, is they're just, I just feel freer on those surfaces and I feel that any mark I make on those surfaces just works, you know. It's like it just falls off the brush and comes out and I just go, oh, my God, that's, I didn't even have to try. That's my work <laughs> on paper and also in the sketchbooks. That's where I feel that my work really um, feels authentic and so, you know, it just comes out. And then the paintings themselves, I feel are more laboured and that's, the, some, that's something I'm really concerned about at the moment. I just really want to, I really want my paintings to happen rather than being um, something forced. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying really hard to find a surface that mimics the paper. Yeah. So, yes, it's really important for me to, to, to sand. And I'll often sand back um, 
you know, a painting. So I will draw on the painting or I'll, I'll set the painting up and then I'll sand it back again and then maybe layer over that another kind of wash of, say, white or yellow or something that I want to kind of shine through and then I'll paint back over that. So there is a lot going on under the surface and, and that's really important to me because I guess... Um, what goes on underneath and what goes on behind the yeah. finished product is so much more important to me, to me than than um, the the the, fi the final piece, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's obviously doesn't sound logical, but um, yeah, it's what comes before the final piece that is just so much more important to me. Yeah, so it has to have a, a richness. But then at the same time, it has to be sensitively, you still need to allow the light to shine through and you, you, you have, well, for me, I really, I want it to be settled and finalised, but also sort of shimmering and kind of humming at the same time. So it, for me, the, all those underlayers allow it to hum and kind of simmer along a bit like graffiti. And I've, spoken about this before in my um past interviews on the net or whatever um I just I love graffiti for that reason that constant layering and a lot of people will go graffiti yuck that's foul but it isn't it's just this beautiful urban mark making that is layered and um I'm always fascinated by what's underneath the final piece the final marks yeah. if that makes sense no totally I just I mean <laughs> You describe it so well because that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because I was just thinking about like the, talking about like painting in your head, like you, I think you mentioned earlier. And then, but yeah. like I find the layers, they, uh, thinking of them as being like heat set, like you have all your layers in, like on the painting, and they just, each one sits so well. Like it's not like just heavy and, and like in a, in a, to have a negative effect on it, you know, like, I mean, the layers just like lay on top of one another and they're just like sealed, but yet there's still light. And, um, I was just wondering about the picture planes, you know, do you think like that way ahead of time or is it kind of buried in the no. process? Gosh, I mean, like so many painters of, you know, that are, are painterly, I suppose, you, you know, you read some of my favourite painters anyway, you read about what they think and it's the same. I really resonate with what they say because it's like you start out with a thing in mind. I'm going to use this colour and this colour and this colour, right? I'm going to have three colours and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be, you know, there's going to be this composition where it's going to have that pit in the left-hand corner and I'm going to have something sort of balancing it in the right hand corner is all going to be great and it just never <laughs> works that way but yeah. I, I do love that process I do you know love the process of having this ambition for your painting um, and then watching it all kind of saying nah it's not going to be this way yeah you're going to have to step back right now and allow me to just be the way I need to be so this I'm not saying that I am uh, not you know driving the painting but I love it when the painting starts to, you know, drive me or tell yeah, yeah. me what it wants. And that's nothing and that's nothing original at all because I know that, you know, other painters talk about that exact feeling and that's when you know that your painting uh, is done, I guess, is 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 going to that that magic is such a magical moment when you know your painting is ready to go it's ready to be in the world because it's saying this is what I am and this is what I'm going to be and yeah you, you've been there for me you know, you've started yeah. me um but now it's time for me to say my piece and that's the beautiful part of painting I think when it does that yeah it sure does that was uh... yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny that was one of my exact questions actually about the you know who who influences more of the outcome the you or the or the painting and yeah that's yeah just... I mean I don't I don't mean to say that I'm not there uh, yeah. it's not like this sort of magical spiritual moment or anything like that because I'm not a spiritual person I'm not like this 
I'm not saying that, you know, God works through me or anything like that. <laughs> Gosh, no, God, don't get me wrong. I'm really a very rational person. Um, but it's just that I guess it's uh, more psychological. It's this idea that you you um, allow something to happen. You know, our whole lives are, are kind of made up of this sort of moments of, you know, I must be in control at all times. Um, yeah. You know that's the anxiety of the modern of modern living, and um, I think for me, when I get into the studio, it's this this concept that uh, you know I'm striving for this moment where I allow something to happen and I'm okay with that. Um, life is a very chaotic thing, and um, you know I spoke about how I walk around in the visual world and everything is so chaotic and. You know, to make sense of all of that is so, it's a big thing to ask anyone to make sense of it all. Um, and artists have always tried to make sense of it. Um, and that's, I guess, what I'm concerned about is this this chaos, taking something that's chaotic and looking out my window right now. There's trees everywhere. There's an ugly car. There's a fence that's a bit crooked. It's all just so blah you know but to make something beautiful out of that is the key to 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 being an artist I guess is to synthesize all that down to make something out of that chaos that visual chaos um and for me is is to allow that to happen after you have started the process you've said this is my ingredients these are my ingredients I'm putting this in and then to allow that to sort of simmer and, and bubble and boil for a while until it sort of says, well, okay, well, we've done that. We've synthesised that and it's all come out now and this is what it looks like. So obviously my painting is not represent, representational of, of anything necessarily or nobody would think it was, but it kind of is in a crazy way. It's funny you mentioned control because I, visually speaking, most mostly in the paintings that you have on your website, I think there's two or three of them that it seems mm. like you you come you have these like invisible fences or invisible boundaries that you fill in, and I'm not that's simple. I know it's not the best word to call it, but um, and it, it it's kind of like when you when you're painting and you reach the end of the canvas, it's it has like an awareness of mm-hmm. the surroundings, Definitely. the mm. surrounding shapes. They just they they make sense and fit together, and it doesn't look like it's uh, for fear of hitting the edge, so to speak. Like you you push no, that color right next to the other. Gosh no, I think your edges, your edges are your best friends. That they they they're the things that are holding it all together, and um, you must be very aware of your edges. And I I learned that very recently when um, I did a little drawing marathon, and I, gosh. You know, I think painters should be aware that they're painting on a surface that is a rectangle or a square or yeah. a circle, whatever it is you want to do. And you, you can't get out of that unless you, you know, uh, you know, break out with some collage because I do a lot of collage as well. And that's fine. But it, there's always going to be an edge. There has to be an edge. And you must always be aware of your edges, I think, because they're the things that are going to bring uh, to set up that sort of that tension um within your painting um a painting really at the end of the day is just another type of object and it must be contained in a way Uh, to me anyway it's like a little hermetically sealed world of of sensory or visual kind of uh a converse i guess a like a dialogue or a conversation and it's right there, and it must um, honor those edges for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean to say that you go do a composition that is all perfect, because that's what I said before. I I feel like that, you know, I set out with a composition in mind, but the paint eventually just wants to say what it wants to say. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're always working within those edges and those boundaries, and you should always honor those. I think. Yeah. And they also keep it contained, don't they? Yeah, it's a, is that what you mean, Phil? Did I answer that question? I think you did. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it a little more eloquently, but yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, edges are really important, but it's really uh, also important. I mean, I think I have my go-tos as well. Um, and so sometimes I wrap myself over the knuckles and I go, oh, God, that's such a, you know, that's such a, a kind of cliched thing to do. And then I might rub it out because I don't want it to be so cliched. Yeah. I don't know. I'm aware of that as well. But whether I succeed or not, I, I don't know. Just the way the, the shapes come together and some of the, the – they resemble a little bit more like the landscape than, say, some of the drawings. But it's just something about, like, yeah. you have different – like, these different zones, um, which almost hint at, like, uh, a landscape or, like, a different area of the landscape, like more of an opening or where the shadows are or – um, and just like in those paintings that the way the edges come together, it seems very confident and like not, you know, it's not like you slow down. You just, you go, you know where the edge is. You can almost like do it blindfolded. <laughs> I know it's not that easy, but. Um, no, and I'm actually finding in my work at the moment, I'm sort of starting at an edge. I don't know if I started an edge, but I kind of leave a lot of space at the edges now. I've started to do oh, yeah. that a bit more as well. And that's, that's also a way of treating an edge. Like space is so important in yeah. a painting or a drawing as much as it is having something there, that negative space is so is so important. So, you know, often people, you know, when they paint or when they talk to other painters, they, they talk about the marks and the, as we've done. Yeah. But it's, it's also the bits that aren't painted that are just so important. So sometimes edges... I can't just keep looking behind you because I know we're talking, you know, on a camera. I'm looking at those beautiful works behind you, just above the pillow, those beautiful lines. Are they yours, Phil? Yeah, those, beautiful. I, I believe the two you're looking at are mine, yeah, from Yeah, they're gorgeous. And just that, the way those lines and that uh, you, the, the top sort of um, uh, triangle on its side – what's that called uh, meets with the other triangle <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then it, you know the way it jumps and so you've treated an edge there but then you've got this sort of blank space that's also part of the edge but it's blank do you know yeah, what i'm saying no yeah well really i mean the, the, the actual paint can make the the ground even like the white um yeah. part part of the team you know like a part of the an actor in the play you know yeah yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> a lot of painters, they um, they paint every single part of yeah. the, they don't think that's always, and I've always done that. And now I realise, oh, I don't actually have to do that. That, yeah. that really interests me that I haven't done anything there. Or I may have done a little bit of scumble or scrape, just ever so lightly, just to really activate that area. But other than that, the, um, the sort of vibration of the empty space is just as important as the the richness or that sort of real like you know complexity of a of a painted area that's been all you know maybe scraped or scratched or, or whatever or brushed over yeah. uh, or scumbled into that's just as important um yeah and yes i am you're right i am doing a lot more landscape landscape in inverted commas right, but right. I used to do a lot of still life and I still am very interested in still life, but for some reason I just keep painting landscape at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It seems that last time we spoke uh, on the podcast, it almost seems like yeah. you were painting something that was representation in the way that like, like you mentioned still life or something like yeah. a, um, it, it, they seemed a little more concrete. You know, well, maybe that's no, it's changed. That's a good way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. You're right. I did used to do a lot more. Um, I think my work was a lot more, you know, like planes of color that you know formed a bowl or a or a vase or something like that. Um, but yeah, you're probably right, and probably a lot more color, a lot more sort of um. Color, color, color contrast. So I was a lot more aware, still aware of color, but definitely aware of color, but just much more sort of vibrant color I was using. Whereas now I think I'm muting my colors a bit more um, and willing to just be a little bit more 
sensitive in the touch with the color and the line and the mark. Yeah, like there's a different harmony to the two differences. No, I think that's probably a good way of saying how the work has changed. Um, and, you know, I thought of putting a few of those works up on my website. Anyway, the website is a, you know, work in progress. Right. But I'm not sure if I want to throw back to old stuff anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to sort of divide yourself from your past work because it's always part of you, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's yes. always going to be there. You can never, yeah, you should embrace it. <laughs> embrace <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. to think that, oh, it doesn't look like what I'm doing now, so I shouldn't put it on my website type thing. And that's. Yeah, you know, I, there's, there's I a lot of that. Open, I think it's open, though. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think social media is um, a bit to blame there, in that I think, and I won't say that it's a bad thing because it isn't, it's a good thing, but you do sometimes feel yourself self editing, uh, self editing a bit. You know, yeah. and saying, "Oh, I better not put that up there because it's a bit too different from what I've been doing," and then people won't like it and think that I have no, <laughs> I have no, um, you know, discipline or something like that. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I actually don't care because yeah. I just want to make my work and um, enjoy the process. It's all about process, and if changing things up a little means you know, exploring that process, well, then so be it. It's important to do that Yeah. as, a, as an artist. Yeah. I wanted to toss in another Sabine question, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So Go, Sabine. She, yes. <laughs> uh, she's wondering what role does painting play in your life and why do you think artists feel compelled to make work? Why do they just, like, uh, have to, in quotation marks, like, I ha we have to do this? What role? Um, so Sabine and I, we're quite close and we do talk a lot, as I know you do as well yeah. with Sabine. And she knows my life is very um, work-orientated So, because I'm a teacher. And so my life is very ordered and organised and everything's routine-bound and, um, you know, that's important, you know, that, that does uh, suit me in some ways. But painting for me represents this this way of um, uh, I don't want to say the word escape because it's not like I go there and just like you know give rein to all my emotions it's not like that it's it's just a different way of dealing with I guess pressures of life and um, dealing with the chaos as I said before and dealing with it in a different way and it's my place to kind of um undo the undo the the need to control everything or you you know not in a bad way but to always be planning things out and to yeah so I guess for me painting has that place to kind of play a bit um if that makes sense don't know if it does I wasn't expecting that question <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm evil I, I didn't send you that one. yeah evil <laughs> Phil <laughs> no I don't know if I made that quite um clear but um painting it's a place to play which I don't do in my day job yeah, yeah. it's a place, place to play but it's it's a controlled play so it's not it's a it's a serious play as well because I'm so invested in it and I take it very seriously and um you know I don't, and I don't, my, the role of painting in my life is not to be a famous painter or to have, I mean, that would be wonderful, obviously, yeah. um, but it's to explore and um, play, yeah, I think play is the word. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I like how yeah. you, you mentioned serious play, that's always a nice pair of words serious together. Play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 it's not a... It's not a whimsical kind of like, you know, totally intuitive. It is intuitive, but it's not an uncontrolled intuition. Um, it's a it's a controlled intuition. And I'm only just saying this now. It's starting to, yeah, I, I don't want to give this impression that I'm just kind of like letting go and some sort of wild beast in the, 
in the um, in in the studio because um, I do I take it very seriously. Yeah, it's a very serious thing for me, and um, but it's serious in a playful way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a old. Uh, artist statement that I put together a long time ago, and one of the words that I liked from it, which you know has been said before too, but uh, to to call it a pursuit, um, as in addition to like serious play, but it's like artistic pursuit, almost pointing back to the question about mm. the collaboration between you and the painting itself. Mm. You know. Yes, it's a conversation. <clears throat> yeah. It's a it's a conversation that that um, deserves the integrity of listening and um, and and treating it seriously. It's it, you know it's not splashing stuff on a canvas just to see what happens. It's um, yes, taking risks, but it has to be in a in a in a way that is mindful, mindful of the history of of this not my history but the history of painting so looking at artists all the time thinking about what they're doing um working out how they've made something and then finding my own voice within all of that that is so important to always be looking not just at what's around you but looking at what other artists do and I take that very seriously uh, going and looking at art, although not physically all the time at the moment because it gets so exhausted after work. But, yeah. Um, yeah, giving that space. And that's something that's sort of starting to gel with me. I want to start moving more towards looking at other works and um, acknowledging that as well. Um, so um, maybe sharing more work of other artists that I enjoy, not because those artists are, ones that I want to emulate or anything, but just that I appreciate their part in the history of painting, their amazing role in, um, in, in, in finding their voice within this sort of, this amazing conversation of, of paintings and drawings um, in the world. So, yeah, I'd really love to do more what you do, you know, you and, and your community that you often take that time to look at other people's work and ask them really interesting and intriguing questions that helps the artist, the other art that like me to think about their work in a way that is not just you having a conversation in your own head. Yeah. It's really yeah. important, Phil, what, what you do and um, what you. others like you do. Yeah. I think it's yeah, so it's, important. It's, it was actually nice. Cause you know, we're, the, it's 7 p.m. here. Well, now it's 7:41. But any, regardless, yeah. it's nice to have an art conversation at night, you know, because mo- I feel like most of the conversations happen during the day, whether it's day, uh, yeah. somewhat in person or uh, even if it's messaging through Instagram, you know. And the yeah. nights can be for maybe for some reading or wh- whatever. But you have, you know, or that's sleeping. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exhausted. Catching up on sleep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think my mornings, well, when I'm able to paint, because obviously I go to work every day, I'm actually on um, the summer break at the moment, which is fantastic. There's generally uh, mornings for me that I love to get out there um, because the light's better. Um, but, yeah, and then you, you're right, it's the night, is the contemplating, the con- the time for contemplation. Yeah. Um which I think naturally is what your body does, right? Starts to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, one of my favorite questions. And I, I, it's interesting because I, I listened to our original interview conversation. And when I asked this question, um, you wow, pause for a I, second. I have to I'd... listen to that again. Yeah. Uh... Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's funny. It's, uh, it, the question is, can you use three to five words to describe your work? And I think there was a little bit of a chuckle on your part or, or a pause. And then you said, no, <laughs> like the answer yeah. was no. I won't. Uh, even though, even though you ended up adding words, it was just funny. because I think that's the only time anybody said no to that question. No. 
Yeah. Because maybe I had too many. Um, oh, I think I was a bit more effusive back then. Maybe everything felt so much newer then for me. Yeah. Um, I felt so much more engaged. That's one thing that's hard. Not not engaged. It's just hard at the moment because I was in a different workspace and everything. So I was able to really give myself that space to paint. Whereas now I'm very much in two worlds. I've got my professional world where I have to be, you know, all sensible. And then I have this world where I'm able to um, to really focus. And so, yeah, no, I think I'm able to say some pretty definitive words, but they're not very interesting. Oh, no? No, not really. I don't okay. think so. I mean, <laughs> I guess my overall word might be sensory because that's... Yeah. That's kind of my overall concern. Um, I, I, I don't mean it in an emotional way, though, and I'm not sure if you can separate those two words, but um, I think they're intuitive, immediate. Um, and, you know, there's a word painterly, yeah. but I like the word painty. I don't know why. <laughs> They're just painting. There's good, lots of lots good. of paint. It doesn't mean to be thick paint. It's more, you know, it can be hardly any paint, but definitely painterly. I guess all of those words that you would conjure up um, if you were talking about formalist concerns in painting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's not actually a very good good answer, Phil. But I tried. No, it's great. <laughs> I maybe did better. I maybe did better in the last interview. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, well, what I'll do is I'll splice that part in. Yeah, in... too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, you're supposed to get older and wiser, right? But, uh, yeah, maybe I was wiser back then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of words, if you don't mind. Okay. And there was uh, one of them is rhythm. Oh, yeah. And, and even though they're not figurative so much this time, but like in this part of uh you know 10 years later but i still see a gesture and a pose in them yeah and definitely. they have i think i'm cheating with three to five words but anyway i tend no, to do sorry. that <laughs> that's okay and there there seems to be within each you know the the layers there there's an underlying breath and uh so yeah the, that's breath. my words <laughs> they're much better i really like that I like those words. Rhythm is a really important word, actually, yeah. because there is a, there is a rhythm. Yeah, and I and I think I've even made posts where I've said looking for rhythm. Mm. Right, right. Gosh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that myself. Yeah, no, rhythm and gesture very important. Um, yeah, wow, that's lovely. Thanks, Phil. Oh sure, I, like <laughs> I just yeah. love the 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 you know the opportunity to do this and send some of my words out into the world <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. and you do it well thank you i just so appreciate you sure. even uh thinking to to have a little chat with me it's really really lovely to to yeah. talk about you know the process and art and yeah with with interested people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i want to jump jump to um the question about uh, which figure from history or present day would you like to have a conversation with? I, I love and hate that question so much because, um, no, not hate, but find it difficult because I don't even know who I would choose. But yeah. I guess since we're talking about painting, can I talk about a painter or two painters? Yeah, I, I was, yeah. that popped into my head. I said, you know, it could be a group of, you know, it's sort of a dinner party or something if you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think the first one would be, because I've just bought her book, was um, Joan Mitchell. I would love to sit down with Joan Mitchell because I've been poring over this monograph that I bought. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just want to know more about what, what it would have been, been like to sort of straddle two worlds, yeah. uh, two physical worlds. So she was living in Paris and then, traveling back to New York and doing all this crazy stuff. And I know she was very wealthy. 
Um, so I, I feel jealous of her because she was able to do exactly what she wanted, which I just think is beautiful. I think, God, good on her. And I'd love to ask her about that. And um, But also the this idea that she was a woman in a man's world, um, yeah. in that painting world. So she was straddling that kind of world of being a woman in a, in that, that very macho kind of abstract expressionist um, time. Um, yeah, I would love to sit down and, and talk to her, but I'd, I'd love to know, you know, I'd love to watch her paint. That, yeah. that, that would be it. Um, and then sort of counteract that. I'm so tempted to say Philip Guston because I'm reading his book at the moment, I Paint What I Want to See, but I don't need to talk to him because it's all in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but um, Jane Mitchell is important to me too because she always works, she works on memory and um, works with memory of landscape. She doesn't, I mean, she did a lot of amazing, you know, beautiful drawings and her sketchbooks are to die for if everyone, if you've seen them, her digitalised sketchbooks are incredible. Um, but she carried, she talks about carrying the landscapes around with her, which was really, oh, which yeah. is really, I just resonate so much. Yeah. And so I would love to talk to her about that. Um, and what that meant to her and whether, you know, we could have a conversation about that because that's exactly how I see the world as well. I, you know, spent 10 years carrying them around with me in my head Um, and now they're sort of coming out, I suppose. So anyway, uh, not that I would ever compare myself to Joan Mitchell, but she she would be an incredible person to talk to. Then I was thinking about it. And if I talked about a male, it would be so many male painters. Like I don't, I find it really hard to boil them all down. It would be a toss up between talking to Mirandi and maybe hanging out in Mirandi's studio with all these dusty bottles and everything and just <laughs> watching again, watching him paint. But the other one, and this is really wanky probably because it's what all art tests when they go to art school start with is this idea of let's look at Cezanne but yeah. I would love to be on an on plein air on plein air whatever you however you say it with Cezanne and just yeah. watching again watching what he does and talking to him talking to him because he was right at the beginning of that modernist approach to painting so he's straddling the impressionists and then what was to come yeah. after that the, the cubist movement and just to talk to him about what he was doing. Um, so I still don't feel like I understand Cezanne. I still don't feel like I can really understand why it is that painters always start with having to talk and look at Cezanne. And there's this painting. So I have this drawing, this book of his, and um, it's this one. I don't know if you can see it. And I'll say what it is. It's called um, The Garden of Lay of Les. La, la loves. I'm not, I can't speak French at all. <laughs> uh, no worries. It's oil on canvas. It's in the Philip collection, um, Philip's collection in Washington. Anyway, it's the most divine picture and it's, see all that white space yeah. as well? Even over Skype, I can that. see that, yeah. Yeah, and I've yeah. just been immersing myself in that and I can see echoes of the way he is structured this this painting and looked at all the um the planes of color and the planes the the, the planes and the shapes yeah. of the scene that he was looking at and leaving nothing leaving nothing but there is lots of nothing in it but by doing that he's left he's he's wholly painted the scene you know yeah 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 it's a beauty i mean it's just such a, and i'd love to see it in real life it's um yeah you know, reasonably large, not not massive, right? Um, but you know, you I can see echoes of that in um, Joan Mitchell's work. Um, yeah. So, anyway, just looking. It's just all about looking and wondering and um, yeah, questioning how someone did something, um, how a painter and what were they thinking when they made it. So, if I was to have a conversation with someone any of those artists, it would be watching them paint and then asking why did they make that mark? What yeah, yeah. was it behind that? Um, and just watching, you know, just looking and, you know, experiencing how they approach a subject. Mm. 
Yeah. Would you consider some of your work musical? No. Yes, definitely. Oh gosh, that's a good word. Far out. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is perfect. Definitely musical. And I find my work changes. Often I'll listen to classical music. Yeah. And um, the 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 work gets lighter when I listen to classic. I'm very responsive to music. It's really important to play. And again. Nothing unusual there. I'm sure every artist has their own, you know, playlist that they love. But music is very, yeah, musicality is very important. Um, we mentioned hum earlier, and that's a great, I don't know that, I don't recall hearing that before when describing paintings, but that's definitely a part of it. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, you I mentioned that, it earlier, and that's great. Yeah, I did, hum, humming. Yeah, I think that's when I feel my painting is becoming it's it's starting to take shape and it's going to be resolved is when it starts to hum yeah it's yeah. a strange way of describing it but for me that that makes sense yeah don't know but yeah thank, thanks for picking that up i i yeah so i guess musicality as you say is is it's true it's really true yeah I just love the the crescendo of something and then it just goes back into this very silent space and this sort of the music, the, the texture of, I mean, because you can have texture in, in painting, obviously, but you can have texture in music as well. Yeah. And I'm trying to wrap my head around how that works. But, you know, structuring a piece of music is like painting is my understanding. But I don't have the words at all to say, you know, like if it's a very strong beat is the same as in a classical piece for me. It it, it has uh, this sort of, um, oh, this all-encompassing sound that just sort of envelops you that that for me is the ultimate, um, is the ultimate kind of, um, I guess, what I would want from a viewer, you know, to feel yeah. activated and to look when they're looking at one of my pieces, the same feeling that you would have when you listen, when you're just enveloped and activated by this beautiful sound, whether it be a strong rave beat or yeah. hip hop or, or, or Mozart, you know, yeah. or Beethoven or something. Yeah. Hmm. Beautiful. My next question is, do you have a quote or a poem you would like to share? Uh, look, language is really important as well to me. I read, you know, a lot of, I love descriptions of things, but oh, so hard. I've got quotes up all over my um, studio. Um, but I think my favourite is sort of linked to, you know, a lot of what Gustin would say, which is, you know, how he paints well he, the title of his book i paint what i want to see and that's yeah. sort of but i think that comes back from what paul clay said you know paul clay yeah k-l-e-e mm-hmm. art doesn't reproduce what we see it makes us see so it's not about uh, representing something necessarily it's you know provide you know making something visual for somebody to see and to yeah. open their world i guess so yeah, that's a beautiful quote for me. I love that quote. Um, and it's one of the first ones I've ever, I ever came across. Him and his walk, taking a line for a walk. But yeah, <laughs> art doesn't reproduce what we see; it makes us see. Is a is really, I think, quite defining for any artist. Uh, yeah. Thank so you. So that's uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> like I said, the 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 late, the somewhat late. If you want evening. something more profound, Phil. Yeah. No, I don't. No, 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 not. A, I I hope it doesn't come across that way. That I that's what I do. <laughs> no, it's, it's not certainly... very profound. Like I seriously don't think I've said anything, you know, profound at all. No, I, just I mean those, that... like. I, I secretly wish that I said hum because I'm that jealous over you bringing that word into the conversation. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Well, that's going to be the title of one of my paintings and it's going to be called Hum for Phil. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it. You'll oh, see no. it. 
Uh, so I'm actually, well, let me get my reading glasses because I wanted to read something. And then if it's terrible, I won't put it in. But if it's good, okay. then I'll put oh, it good. in if you don't mind. Yeah. So my first pair of reading glasses in my life. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> You've become a man of a certain age. Thank you. <laughs> I think. Okay. So. Good glasses. Oh yeah, you, make, you look like an extinguished, um, a very um, um, distinguished gentleman from um, the Russian Revolution. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that good? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I love it. All right, cool. Please. Thank you. Yeah. So, oh, oh, you know, you said something about um, Joan Mitchell and about uh the backpack like she well i don't know if you said backpack but carrying nature around with her and yeah i, I her was wondering around with her. Mm. i'm sorry she um she said she carries her landscapes around with her right yeah mm. and i was wondering if you like the poet mary oliver i have not heard of mary oliver but i'm now writing it down okay she has uh she has a a book of essays called Upstream. Yeah. And the essay, it's very short, maybe two pages. Um, and it's called, I believe the title is Walt Whitman. So, and just the idea of carrying nature with you is, it, it, it made me think of that essay. So, um, wow. I figured, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it'll, I don't know. I think you'll enjoy it. So, so oh, I thought, I'm gonna I thought about Mary Oliver because I had asked, you know, like one of my questions I sent to you was about uh, a poem or a quote. So at last minute, I thought, well, I'll look through some of my books and see if I have anything um, that I feel like would fit either the the conversation I thought we were going to have or something about the work and that kind of thing, you know? Yep. Uh, just that would be fitting. So I went, I went through, th uh, I think, three different books and I didn't. I didn't find anything right away, and this this poet uh, I'm gonna butcher the name <laughs> uh, sadly, but uh, Alina Kaltiak Davis, mm -hmm. and that's the poet. I have two books by her, and this one is uh, in her soul out of nothing, and just because you know there were very some musical words that came out during the conversation, I just wanted to read this and. It's called But, comma, It's Jazz. So here's a poem. He's doing his best, Dexter Gordon. He scratches it out of his throat. Music, in quotation, is a ragged whisper, is my life, in quotations. Like a man on a horse, he hears the galloping inside him, turns it up louder, He's found his crazy rhythm, but she, she needs a refill on her pain or a compress to lay on her panic. She imitates the soprano sax until she is mad as that one note that freezes but refuses to hang from the trees. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that, that is just just a, a painted that's a painting with words isn't it yeah that's it, what poetry is really yeah it really that covers so, it mm. covers a lot of i mean it brings back to to people and then like it just i don't know i'd actually i've had the book for quite a few years and i've never come across that poem yet in my reading through it so um yeah and of course just the the music reference and all just seemed to fit it's so beautiful yeah, it's, and she's a, a great poet. In. I'm sorry. There's, um, I love it when something leaves you uh, wanting to understand or wanting more, but wanting to read it again and wanting yeah. to devour it, and then knowing full well that you're going to read it in a different way the next time you read it. Yeah, that's yeah. one of those beautiful. Um, pieces of writing, or you know, that 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 captures that feeling, you know, that it's going to be new every time you read something. 
And I guess in a way that's something that I want my work to do as well is be something new each time you look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's possible though, that that's the thing that I find with painting is that, and I suppose with the old Instagram world is once you've got it there, it's sort of there and people just ignore it and roll, scroll through and always looking for something new. But it's that actual sitting with the words, say, in that poem or sitting with a painting and allowing it to be something different every time, Yeah, you know, and wanting to look at it and, 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 and breathe it in and to read it again and again or to look at it again and again and always find something new in it those are really that's when art for me sings whether it be a song a a poem or a painting Mm. so i'm going to read that again it's called but it's jazz i'll be looking it up and i'll probably be writing it (laughs) putting it up in my studio oh good yeah no thank you no thank you i i appreciate uh being able to add that to the to the mix and I think that you, the fact that you've chosen that really speaks to your understanding of my, me as an artist. Um, and I think that's your, what makes you good at your what you do, Phil, because you you ask you 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 find the words or find the questions that really bring out, you know, what I mean. This is but this was what my experience was when I spoke to you last time. You made me think about new things and different ways of explaining what it is that i'm doing um yeah yeah, so you've you've hit the nail on the head there that's great thank you thank you you very much yeah Mm. it's very nice to have you back on after you know so many years it's crazy yeah 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 big thanks to inga dalrymple for being a return guest it was great to catch up for more of Inga's work, do check out ingadalrymple.com or inga.dal underscore paints on Instagram. That's inga.dal underscore paints. And a special, special, is that a word? <laughs> special shout out to previous guest Sabine Tress for submitting questions for the interview. Hope you enjoyed it. This has been Artcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this, forget it. <laughs> Outcast Home is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again. Sounds like the party's over but you can still stay connected. Artcast Audio is on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, and now on Google Podcasts. Artcast Social on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Let's not forget about Instagram. Thanks for tuning in.